ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Fantastic. Good, good, good. Still riding high, still riding high on a uh, a pretty spiffy win. Still flying nice and high, flying up, up and up. There's a lot to be riding high uh, about. The Cats, obviously a massive win over the Bombers down at Cadinia Park by 77 points, chaps. Um, Johnny and I previewed uh, in before the game, uh, did our month ahead sort of prediction. We set the pass-fail mark or... Basically, the, the mark that we needed to hit was three wins, one loss from the next month if we want to really make put ourselves solidly in the finals frame. And we said, you don't really want to drop that first Essendon game um, because it really puts you up against it. Not only did we not drop it, we absolutely dropped them. Absolute pummeling from start to finish. We're going to get into recapping all of that for you. And then for the Patreon subscribers, $3.50 us per month you get extended chips, shows chips. video versions of the podcast vfl coverage as well um we're going to do our patreon player focus and we're going to look at tom's uh tom atkins so many toms uh-huh. on this team um, tom atkins, we're going to look at him and and his form not only on um saturday night but the last month and the season in general so let's get into it chaps Let's crank on. There's a lot to talk Let's about, especially after a win like that. The Cats, they started like a house on fire. Seven goals way. to five. <laughs> 47 to one behind. They were up 64 to 20 at halftime. Uh, 95 to 26 after the third quarter. And they finished 122 to 45 winners by 77 points. It was an opening quarter blitz that left the Bombers in absolute tatters. The Cats, 32 scoring shots to the Bombers, 10. They had 60 inside 50s to the Bombers, 28. uh, 64 inside 50s, rather, to the Bombers, 28. More disposals, more hitouts, more clearances plus 28 in contested possessions, plus 33 in uncontested possessions, plus 25 in marks. The Cats hit 107 marks. Um, So much to like, chaps. So much to like in terms of what we talked about in previous weeks that we wanted to see moving forward. Um, I went to Sambo first last week, Johnny, so I'll, I'll let you have first crack here. How did you feel watching it? What was just your your reaction to to the performance? Well, as we said in our preview, month in a month in the advance. Um, this is this is an is the perfect way you'd want to start this next month leading to finals. Get a really good solid win against a team that's around us. Absolutely pummel them. Just get that confidence in. In everyone, and this, this is what happened. They got absolute confidence in everyone. There was not one player out there that looked like they weren't didn't belong there. They all looked like they were there, single purposes, single purposely 
focused on to win. No matter what, get that ball, get it forward, get it to the forwards, use each other. And if they do that, they'll beat the Bombers. And they did. And they did everything else that was needed as well. They took away the marks of Bombers. They took away their uncontested ball. They took away their contested ball. They're kicking everything they took away from the Bombers and controlled it. And it was just a sensational game from start to finish. Couldn't have been happier. Um, maybe that second quarter could have been a little bit more accurate in front of goal, but apart from that, it's ticks, ticks, ticks all around. Everyone was fantastic. Um, good to see Cameron back out there. He looked a bit sluggish, looked a little bit slow, but you know, still got that really good goal. In that last quarter, which I think is going to be very important for his confidence going forward, just going, yeah, still got it. Still can kick these goals from a mile out and nail it. So that was really positive. And just the whole team dynamic looked so fantastic. I don't think I've seen a team look this connected through the whole season. Like We've seen it patches, but I don't think we've seen it this well gelled where the whole team just knew where each other was at all times and there was confidence in the midfield were going to put the pressure on so the defence could set up. There was confidence in the defence that were going to kick it perfectly to the midfield and so on into the forward line that they were just going to get those really nice kicks inside 50. And, yeah, I was super happy, just super happy with how they came out and performed. Nailed it, nailed it 100%, and it was perfect building block to attack the rest of this season. Absolutely. Sambo, it's not a bad performance, uh, winning by 77 points. When Jeremy Cameron kicks one goal three, Patrick Dangerfield has only 15 touches. Um, Even Tom Stewart, not saying he was poor by any stretch of the imagination, like only had the 18 disposals. And the eight marks, like, still a good. He had to come up to the the, He had to come up to the, the middle of the ground to get those eighteen positions. I think <laughs> exactly. <you see. laughs> so, what what were your sort of thoughts on the game? Like, in addition to what John said, yeah, how'd you feel about it? What stuck out to you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, Johnny hit most of it, and like you've alluded to, the uh, for an old side, those young guys look pretty good. Um, <laughs> With the snappers. <laughs> You know, and this is this is what we've we have not necessarily I wouldn't say called like in a crystal ball way, but we've been hoping for and and um, you know, sort of uh, kind of thinking might happen is that the beauty of some of the injuries this year has meant that the 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 players that may not have otherwise got game time have got a lot of game time, and not only got game time but got had game time together. To start gelling as a, as a squad, um, you know, uh, sort of your 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 Bruins, your Ollie Henrys, um, even Holmes when he's be, he's been in, Bose when he's been in, these guys have actually managed to start getting some some real real play. So I think it's really nice to see that Dangerfield really was, you know, he did a couple of nice things, but it was it was more or less just a cherry on top. Like it's you know, uh you can't really dismiss that game as like, oh, well, the other games were because we had outs and so we didn't play that well. And this, this, you know, this time we, we had ins, so we played really well. It's, it's really not the case as much as some people like to simplify it to be that way, because it's, it's been those consistent players that have been there all year, just getting better and getting better together. Um, I don't think added benefit that 
you do get from Dangerfield is experience and ability to calm the group when it's needed, but yeah. it wasn't needed. Sorry. <laughs> no, so no, and it, it wasn't even calmness. like as as you said, they just they you know they um subbed him off, and apparently it was for no no injury, just because just go and have a rest. And you know we did yeah. did that without without Tui. Tui was uh Tui was, was rested. We did it with a with about fifteen percent of Jeremy Cameron out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and uh, so that was really good. The only thing I would would sort of add, really, I think you guys summed it up pretty well. The only thing I'd add is just. I felt really good after that second quarter. You know, that a lot of, you know, the, the media sort of said, oh, the Bombers actually won that quarter. You know, like, what are they going to do to get back in it? Rah, rah, rah. But I was, as I said to you today, Jake, um, uh, as we were chatting about it, they're generally in games when the Cats are on this year, there's generally been a quarter and it traditionally is the second quarter where the other team pushes hard. And there's been times like with Port where Port did it and I went, oh, I don't know if we can sustain this. Now, you know, what Port are throwing at us. Uh, and then there's games like this one against Essendon where after that second quarter, I I, I just sat back because I was like, that's, I feel like we've, we've seen the absolute best that they're going to come at it with tonight. They've tried their absolute hardest and all they could do was scrape, uh, you know, maybe a win by a couple of points, I think it was, technically. I think it was one point, wasn't it? One point. <laughs> I was going to say, it was, one or, it was only one, it's somewhere in one or two points. So, um, yeah, after that second quarter, I was I was really happy with, with where we're at, um, I thought we'd seen seen everything that they had to bring, and, and from then on, it was just a party, really. And you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it, but they actually had some junk time goals. When you look at that score line, you would <laughs> you, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it, but they did they did sort of tack on three in the last quarter. I think it was. I'll find out. Yeah, there was three right goals. Up. One they kicked to four goals. Three for us. So yeah, we, so we held actually, them to actually, a sing- they actually padded their score a little bit <laughs> in the last quarter. <laughs> totally. And and we yes, we held them to one goal in the third quarter. So to that end of the ground um, that they were kicking in the first and third quarters, we held them to one goal one mm. when they were kicking that, that way. Um, so uh, another thing I was just going to sort of, add to what you guys were saying there. And I think this is a point, I can't remember who, which of you raised it, but I know it was something that we discussed on the pod. And that was, I guess, just to, to really hit home on that thing of, it's not just the games, getting games into players, as you said earlier, Sam, it's getting games into players together. And I feel like yeah. that's really what you're starting to see from Tanner Bruin and, and Tom Atkins and Bose and um, Ollie Henry and Close, all, all these players who maybe haven't played an absolute ton of footy together. They're now, they've had the opportunity to stack some games on the same field. And there's some really underrated influences out there. Like you can look at sort of, some some really obvious contenders, you know, Max Holmes having 33 touches and he was dynamic and electric. You can look at some of the stuff Brad Close and um, Lionel Messi add, um, you know, in, in terms of the forward line pressure and score creation. But then Zach Guthrie, um, mm. who else am I thinking of? Um, Ollie Henry is a player that I just think 
he he adds more than we probably talk about in any given week. Like the ability to not only have Cameron, Hawkins, Rowan, Stengel, that you've then got also Ollie Henry, who probably leaps for a mark we were talking about today, Sam. In terms of leaping for sort of um, dynamic, athletic, pack crashing marks, it probably goes Rowan, Ollie Henry, Jeremy Cameron, and you work down from there in terms of the ability to spring at the footy and like bowl people out the way. Yeah, Cameron. Oh, we've got some weapons, does he? And neither does Hawkins. Hawkins will outbody people or lead to the front, but he doesn't. He can't lift himself more than six inches. I don't think Hawkins could. And why would he? Why would he need to? But yeah, Ollie Henry absolutely has a fantastic leap. And once he gets his marking hands correct and gets that timing correct, he's going to be lethal Mm. because he's already got a very straight um, and accurate kick. Like his kicking is very. Gun barrel straight, as especially say. in the fourth quarter, generally. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's only got very good kicking. Um, you know, so if he kicks it, it's going behind, it's going to be behind because he kicks it very straight. But mm. there's no swerve to it, there's no swerve, there's no left or right like Hawkins does. It's it's straight. So when he gets those marks and he's straight in front, you back him in, back him in, and I think even on a 45 degree angle, most times back him in to get that goal, but yeah. Just these new players the Cats have got and some of the other, like, senior youngsters have really, like, just stood up to the next level. Zach Guthrie, sensational again this season and is looking better each game. And Tom Atkins, as we're going to talk about, he's just becoming a new danger field before our eyes. Um, Tanner Bruin as well, just these young guys. These young guys, this next crop of cats coming through is pretty exciting to see, and cats are going to be pretty good, pretty well set. Yeah, like it feels like this this like dark cliff that we were meant to to drive off. Like, and we've said it on the pod this year before. Like, regardless of what happens this year, as we've watched more and more. I'm just as excited for 2024 and 2025. Yeah. And and although that when Hawkins and Dangerfield, Duncan eventually decide that they've had enough of running around out on Cadinia Park, like I'm really excited for what's to come next. Like we haven't even seen Jai Clark. Hmm. We've got Mitch yeah. Devitt playing reserves. We, we, we've got, um, you know, Party. how how crazy is it to think it's sort of all the players that are currently running around the VFL, Sam Menegola, Brandon Parfit, mm. like consistently um, sort of capped AFL players currently can't force their way back into the side. Like I was saying to Sam, Menegola has been playing, you know, peak Menegola football the last couple of weeks in the VFL. But I think unless there's an injury ahead of him or there's just That'd a rotation policy, I, I really think he's going to struggle to to unseat the players ahead of him. So it's really exciting. Um, I think you've got a really good batch of players coming through. Tell you what, um, you're talking about the dark days of about to fall off that cliff. It made me think of um, Avengers Endgame where Captain America is standing there facing down with Thanos and he just here on your left and you just imagine Patrick Dangerfield there facing down 
the opposition, and then it's like Tanner Bruin, Ollie Henry, um, Jack mm. Bowes, Joe Clark, Tom Atkins, Zach Guthrie all come through to Bannon. Oh, now we've got Oshin Mullen. It's like, we're here, we're on your left, we're right behind you. Mm. you when you're ready to. When you're ready to <laughs> turn old, enjoy your life, we'll take over. And that was something that really stuck out. Like early on, Jack Henry just picking off intercept marks. Yeah. Um, Set the tone. Tanner Bruin, I, I, I put up the tweet with the Olivia Wilde um, gif saying like, Tanner Bruin is starting to be one of those players that makes me feel things. Um, like. His like strength and contested footy, but then also just his ability to just sort of wiggle and shake tacklers off and maneuver his way through pressure is ah oh, so exciting. I, I'm I'm yeah. so keen to see what he grows into because I think again, I reckon Geelong are going to have nailed the the thing on the head of of evaluating him correctly. Of like we see what he can become. Um, in our team, I think it's an, yet another tick for the mm. the player evaluation. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think his his instincts are really um, evolving, and not just evolving, you know, from from good to bad or anything, but evol ev evolving into mm. Geelong style instincts. He's playing. He's you know, we talked about this earlier in the year where we said he's you know he's 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 got good footballing instincts and good ability and all that stuff. But that that final disposal is often it often just looks like you can tell he, he at one point wore a different colored jumper. You you know yeah. just that kind of mm. like get it, pick it up out of the pack, break out and just whack it on the boot forward. Um, it just felt a little a little um left of center for the way the cats play. And mm. you can see that he's really adapted that he still can whack it on the boot and get it forward and do it, do so quickly, but it's generally feels less wild. It generally feels less, less erratic and more targeted. Um, he, he seems to be making those choices when it's the right choice to make, not just because it's his instinct, he, you know, just to, to go in that direction. And he's not afraid to go backwards or laterally as well. So um, yeah, he's, he's certainly adding dimension to his, to his games. And you can just see that the confidence in his kicking just through the roof. Like that, the chain of play between him, Holmes, Zach Guthrie, and then to Hawkins that led up to that goal was just sensational. Like the way he was able to run and like do like a side kick basically off the side of his boot perfectly. Hawkins is like, wow, that's that's good. And that was with. Out any senior players involved until Hawkins. It was, I think, mm. for sure, it was Holmes to Zach Guthrie, handball back to Holmes, handball to Tanner Bruin, and he to Hawkins. And it's like, that's sensational. That's the young core group working together. And he just replaced Hawkins later on with Ollie Henry or Shannon Neal or Phoenix Foster mm -hmm. or whoever else we get. It's, yeah, it's just good to see these young guys. Taking the control, taking the control off the senior guys now, and going well. You guys are going to be what we were earlier yeah. in the year. Mm -hmm. We're going to be the ones taking charge, and you're the ones going to be there pitching in when you needed. And then, and there's that if they really do need them, the senior guys can step up and go. Right, guys, follow my lead. Mm, yeah, and there's you. You mentioned Zach Guthrie. There was that bit. He had a, he had a few highlights, but there was that bit when he put the burst of speed on, 
just like <laughs> whacked away a tackle and then ran past and burnt about two other Essendon players. I just didn't know he had that in him, to be honest, that that level of speed. It was it was more like something you'd see mm. Rowan or Holmes or Smith mm. do. Tanash. Um, yeah, he really the confidence and the uh you know what BT would if BT was had been commentating that moment, he would have called it swashbuckling football. Because that's yes. the word that he always just pulls out his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it, it was, though, it was, just, it was so exciting was. to see, like, you know, we've got the players we know can do it. And then to see, yeah, to see him do it and just kind of really took me back. I didn't know he had it in him. Um, I... And he just he just took it upon himself. And then I, and from memory, he hit a fucking brilliant pass onto the next um, the next target as well. Yeah, the, like the kick from him mm. to Hawkins. I don't know if it was in the last oh. quarter. I can't remember which quarter. It was like just an absolute laser onto Hawkins' big chest. The, um, like there was nothing the defender nothing. could do. It was. It was perfect. on footy classified. Oh, not footy. The Sunday footy show. They were talking about it. They're saying they had a perfectly Hawkins and Cameron work together. Where Cameron that little lead. Hawkins saw him, turned around, ran around to Bombers defenders, and then Zach Guthrie was able to pass that pass. And I said, "It was there's literally nothing any defender could do about that kick. It was that perfect from yeah. Zach Guthrie, like nothing." So, and while, just, while we're while we're gushing over new players, I wanted to get this in. We were talking about Ollie Henry, but uh, I didn't manage it. The the little spins oh, in the oh, in the goals oh. in the goal square. <laughs> to, 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 and then to hand pass it off. That was just the yeah. That was that was just phenomenal. Like if if that was if that was like Rioli or Pickett or um, uh, Papley or someone doing it, it would be all over the media. Right, like he just he just, yeah he really knows how to really knows how to run around with his finger in the air. Although and our, our own Messi is uh, is uh, challenging him Play for the now. whole run <laughs> run around with the finger in the air. Um, yep. But just on on Ollie Henry, it's it's crazy that when we were trading for him, even we on this pod, we raised the question. We went, where does where where do we fit him? Does he get a game? Mm-hmm. And we went, probably not. He's probably a development player. Like he'll you know he'll probably mm-hmm. be waiting in the wings for when Rowan or Hawkins retire. Um, mm-hmm. And and like you were saying now, Jake, he's he's not only have we managed to squeeze him in. Like I think as far as I know, he's played every game except for when he had his uh, yeah. his in- injury that shall not be named. Yeah, all sack catastrophe. Every man just creeped it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. so, so many potential he's, um... comments. Um, but like he's 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 I... not only managed to fit in, but he's brought a different dimension to it. Is um. I just can't, yeah, I find it funny to think back that I was kind of going, I guess we're just getting him because we can, really. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? That's the funny thing, you know, like, you know, we were told he was a VFL player by Collingwood fans. They were both simultaneously very upset that he was leaving and also told that he wasn't going to be good enough to make the team. So I was very confused. I didn't know how to evaluate him. I, I wonder too if he's benefited at times from Rowan missing games, from Jeremy Cameron missing games, from Hawkins not necessarily being fighting fit at the start of the season, like it has maybe presented him with some opportunity for extra responsibilities. Mm. Um, 
you know, and then they've lined him up on the wing at times. He's floated down mm. back at times. Like I think he's shown himself to be a really versatile asset, just like Jack Bowes. And I'm really glad that they talked about it on the the coverage. I think they were talking about Ling, uh, talking to Ling about Bowes, and he was mm. saying, I think they love, you know, the sort of um, what you said, diversity or whatever you like to call it, you know, versatility about his game being like he can play on the wing, he can play, you know, half back, he can play half forward. And it's all stuff that I think you, you know, your eyeballs have sort of told you that it's like this guy just seems to have a pretty good footy skill set, seems mm. to be fairly clean, seems to be willing to lay pressure. Got um, footy smarts. To- time in the system will develop him. And I just wanted to pull out a couple of stats to go with Bowes and Tanner Bruin. They were both Geelong leading. Yes. I just say one thing. I want to say thanks to Tim Watson in the commentary team for actually bringing up the fact that this is the cats are finally getting some uh, connection in the game like all playing together. So like they've had throughout the whole year held all these players come in, come out, come in, come mm-hmm. out, injuries, manage, whatnot. And he said it's good to see them finally getting that, you know, working together game style working um now that they're playing together. And I was like, that's the first football media person that's actually said that about the cats. Good on Tim Watson for actually acknowledging that about the cats. Watching football. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. Actually Sorry, getting Jake. Getting on. on a game that wasn't Collingwood. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I was. There's a couple of stats. One, Jack Bowes and Tanner Bruin were Geelong's leading kicking efficiency players. They had 23 kicks between them. Bowes had 13. Bruin had 10. Um, Bowes went at 92.3% by foot. Tanner Bruin went at 90% by foot. Um, and then you just look at total effective disposals, the leading players for Geelong for total effective disposals, Max Holmes with 19, Brian Myers with 18, Zach Guthrie, 17, Tanner Bruin, 17, Jack Bowes, 17, Blixarv, 17, Stewart, Isaac with 16 each. Then you had Atkins, 16, Stengel, 12, you know, Duncan, 12, Brad Close, 12. I, I, like a few of the older heads in there, but that like top, Six, Holmes, Myers, Guthrie, Bruin, Bowes, top five rather, all young guns, you know, all that sort of, what, 24 and under type age group. So exciting um, that they are just coming along in, in leaps and bounds and Bowes and Bruin in particular, the fact that they're up there in the kicking efficiency stats, the fact that you can see them starting to grow in confidence um, as as cats, both in the top ten for the cats in disposals in this game, I'm really excited, really really excited about the future. And it just seems like I remember a tweet. There was a tweet. I can't remember who sent it, um, but there was a tweet. Maybe after I'm trying to think what our last loss was. Uh, that was would have been to port, yeah. Yeah, 
So after the loss to Port, I'm sure I saw someone tweet and say, complacent, complacent team. It's time to um, to uh, overhaul the list. There's too many passengers, too many veterans. It, you know, it's time to rip it down. And I thought at the time, wow, like it's an interesting take to have as a Cats fan because like the acquisitions that have been made, Mullen, Bose, Bruin, Ollie Henry, um, all the draftees that've been pl- they've played Mitch Nevitt. Um, there's a you know there's at least half a dozen players, if not more, that are, that have had either completely new to the side this year or have had more games this year than they've ever had. And it's really nice to see it bearing fruit to kind of be able to yep. look back and go. Sometimes you just got to have a bit of patience. You're not necessarily gonna finish top two every year. You might not even make top four. You might not even make finals. We don't know. It's not a certainty yet this year. It's a gauntlet we've got to run through. But I'm so optimistic about what's what's to come next. Um, were there other elements about the, the game that you guys sort of like honed in on that you thought were really... Yeah, I, I mean, the, sort of a point, the... But yeah. The, un- the uncontested possession is obviously, you know, because we've yeah, talked about that I was going. ad nauseum and we we fairly smashed them in that. <laughs> so that was nice. Yeah. Um, I, was say, got this, I was looking at the stats and seeing where the... the so so was I, John. I, I got, I got nice. the stats screen up as well. <laughs> well, you go. You go first. So I know. No. Yeah. Keep going. Let's keep have going. a stats war. Keep Just going. all of us read stats at, at one time. Yeah. No, no, John. Please. Please add what you were, what you were, what your no, point no, was. No, 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 no. I was just, I was just, I was, say... just I was just stat measuring. I was just, I was just, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that, um, to back your, I'm sure what you're going to say is how good the stats were, is how good it is to see that basically in every stat, the cats are up on their season average by a fair mm. margin, which is really something that we talked about, Jake, is wanting to get those. Especially uncontested stats up, get everything else up, and they did, and they got it up way above the average for a lot of things, which is it's awesome. Isn't it interesting that we lost the center clearances? It is. Mm. I mean, only only by one. I just find it. I just I just find it interesting that we didn't smash them in that because it it sort of felt like we did. Um, but the other thing, I mean, this kind of leads into, I guess, contested uncontested as well. But the other big area that you kind of look at and can kind of go, well, that's the match right there, really. Um, especially knowing how Essendon plays, and that stat mm. is the marks, um, which again isn't yeah. necessarily the biggest signifier of a, of a win against any team. There's other teams like I think Collingwood could could smash you without getting many <laughs> getting many marks if they if they had to. Um, but the way Essendon plays, um, and we you know their season average marks for a game is 101, and we kept them to 82 um, for the whole game. Our season average is 88, and we're up to 107. Marks inside 50, 18 to 5. They they average more or less 12 a game for the season. They only had five. And they're contested marks. They average 10 a game and they only had four. Uh, and we had 15. Which So, you know, knowing how much Essendon like to like to use that to their advantage, um, we absolutely smashed them in the air. Um, and that's that's just my, my eyeball... Uh, on on how Essendon like to play, someone else might be able to school me on how they actually play. But whenever I watch them, they generally seem to like to rule the air 
and and take take a few marks. You have to start. John, Johnny and I That's talked about right this to... in the preview show. Goals also is a big stat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> eighteen to seven, I think it was. It's a it's a big yeah. big one. <laughs> well, Johnny and I talked about it in the preview show of like, as this was a, like a unique challenge, or, or not a unique challenge, but like. The challenge of like when you look at like how Frio picked us apart using uncontested possession and spreading the ball around, moving it quick, how Sydney did that to us in the first half uh, a few weeks ago. And so we we went in like Essendon, as you said, averaged over 100 marks per game, which is the most in the league by, by fair margin. Um, and I think we said they were either fourth or fifth in the league for uncontested possessions. So... To hold them like 35 uncontested possessions below their average and for us to get back over 200, to us, for us to get back near where we need to be, I think mm. Geelong should expect to get 220 plus uncontested possessions. The fact that we've been able to absolutely hammer teams in contested ball is, is a really nice um, string to the bow. And I feel like that's something we really started to master in the back half of last year. I think it was why mm. we were able to, you know, do Melbourne last year and this year. It's why we were able to compete with Collingwood. Um, but like forcing Essendon into 82 turnovers when their season average is 68.9. And I think in the summary on the AFL website, um, the Cats kicked 105 points from turnover. The third most in a game this season. Mm. That's nuts. It's crazy. That is crazy. That is that is where you win games. And I think they're saying at quarter time the cats had forty five points from turnovers and they're forty seven. Yeah, something like that. Or forty seven is like just dominating, dominating that turnover. Mm. And did and the cats didn't have. Made that many less turnovers than the Bombers. I think we're only a few turnovers less. Seventy we had, so yeah. Just shows how which was right on our season average. We averaged sixty-eight, and we had seventy. So that's kind of an acceptable level for us. And it sort of feels like a bit of a humbling for the Bombers. Going, oh, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. This is the level that we can play at, and that's the level that you know they can play at. And I think. Brad Scott said that there's only they've only considered 100 points twice, and it was both times Geelong. Mm. So it's good to see that he still can't get anything over his old. Um, I'm not sure if he's older, <laughs> but his brother. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely Chris, yeah. Chris Scott definitely looks older and wiser than little Brady. <laughs> I few think premierships exactly. It's... <laughs> It was it was so evident too early on, like I was saying it to Sam um, this afternoon, that like the the way in which Geelong were able to play like both phases of the game when they didn't have the ball, the cats, it was, and I find myself now sort of barracking for it of like pressure, pressure. I was saying on the couch, I was like turnover coming up, turnover coming up, and then it would happen a few yeah. handballs or kicks later, that repeat pressure act from the Cats would force a turnover 
and then it was running in in waves in packs. There were so many occasions where one Geelong player had the ball, he had an option to the left or the right, or he could go longer with it if he wanted to. And it was just like, it was such a domination and it makes it so hard. We've, we've experienced games like, I think the second half of the Tigers game was like that for us, where Richmond just brought so much pressure. It was just like, man, every time we get the ball, it feels like half a dozen possessions later, mm. it's turned over and they're slingshotting back. That's what the Cats have started to be able to do. I think the last few weeks, we've seen it in patches when we play our best footy. It was what I think defined 2022 was that ability to hunt the person with the ball, be disciplined in defensive structure and, and then hurt them um, hard back the other way. And the, the other thing that we saw, which we wanted to see in the preview, which we say, I think in pretty much every preview was the bombers struggling to bring it out from the back, those shots mm. from behind the goal where the players looking up, at what's ahead of him. And it's just like, where am I going to kick it? I'm called to play on. I'm going to bomb it down the line. And now the cats are fighting to cause another turnover. It's, it's really like a dream scenario. Yeah. And, and both of those co- things come out of the, uh, my, my, my keyword that I haven't used in a while. That is the structure. Um, structure. And, and the, and the, and the structure comes out of what we were talking about earlier, which is game time as a team. Um, because you got to mm. you got to know your role and you got to perform your role and know know when when each other are performing or not performing their role like that that kind of pressure I think I think on the screen when you're watching a broadcast and the camera's zoomed in pressure looks like gut running it just looks like players just going at 110 percent mm. smashing each other constantly but so much of a high pressure game is the the reasonably paced jog. To the next position as you've read yes as you've read the game as you've got into position to know where you'll be needed next you can't just play a high pressure game running everywhere all the time and that's kind of what i think you know the cats were doing sometimes early in the year when people were like oh their effort you know like they don't, they don't want it they're not hungry enough sometimes i think they ran themselves silly in the first two quarters ineffectively just trying to put pressure on wherever they could and and you know blaze a trail make a mark for themselves and doing a little too much. Um, again, I love seeing players just when it, when it cuts to a, a pan back, you know, and the ball's turned over and, you know, Essendon and Anna on the attack. I love that kind of the different levels of speed that you see, where you see the players in close, you know, running at a certain speed to catch up. But then you've got all these players around the peripherals just jogging. There's jogging sideways, you know, laterally or back and forth to their position, just just real casually covering. And then, you know, if they've read the ball correctly, then they can they can jump to that next level of actual what looks like pressure. Um, so I think so much of that is the structure and so much of that comes from the game time together and just knowing your role and your teammates' role inside and out. You can't just go out there as a team of really talented individuals and, and play that kind of football, lock players down, keep it high pressure and move the ball like we do. That just That just takes time. And in a lot of ways, you know, it feels like finally to us as cat fans. But on the flip side of that, it's it's remarkable that it's happened at all this season with how many, you know, new players we've had in and players in different roles. It's, you know, it's kind of actually quite remarkable that it's come along this quickly. It's good a bit of vindication for us three. We've been saying this all year. Just wait. 
just wait. Mm. We're getting all this time into these young guys, you know, through all these injuries. Yes, they're being pain in the ass, these injuries, but without these injuries, wouldn't be able to get these young guys in, give them this experience against all these top positions. You know, early on they've had mm. all these really tough, tough games, but they haven't looked that great and struggled and they're through and now they're towards the end of the season looking really strong, looking like they're ready to take on the finals, looking like they're ready to take on Brisbane, Port Adelaide, Collingwood, Bulldogs, um, Frio and all that, and going to the finals ready rather than getting injuries now, finding, trying to find a feat in really high, high pressure, high intensity games at the end towards finals. So these guys are ready now, as ready as they'll ever be. And, it's good. It's fantastic, and good on them for doing it and learning and learning the cat's way. That's why. That's why that wins premierships is. This is the way, you know. You the play culture. the culture, the structure, the structure. That's the other one that we haven't said for a while, Sam. The structure culture. was back. That structure that cats set up was so evident on Saturday night. It was just, as you said, Jake. You could just tell there was a turnover coming. And if they got inside 50, it was SDK, it was Tom Stewart or Jack Henry or even Brian Myers, Brad Close, Ollie Henry, Jack Cameron. Messi, please. It was just, you just knew that SNM were going to have to do something extraordinary to be able to get a goal because otherwise the Cats would just pluck it off and waltz out. And that's what they did all night. I think something that I that we're really I put a post up. I can't remember if it was after a win or after a loss. Um, a few it was within the last month. It was after a game, and just there was a certain reaction on Twitter to whatever had happened in the Cats footy that week. And and I sort of went like, the thing that's most surprising about witnessing this era of Cats footy is how quickly and how drastically your general expectations for your team change like if you go back and we've said this before on the pod if you rewind to nick davis kicking that goal for sydney at the scg cats are out of finals and we're all going oh man are we ever gonna get there or is it just gonna always be these other clubs getting it done you if if you'd been offered then Six grand finals, you're going to win four of them, you're going to win more games in the 21st century than anyone else. We would have snapped your hand off in a heartbeat for that offer. But it's amazing at this end of it, when you've just been experiencing winning and finals and prelims and grannies for like 15 years, how insane the level of expectation is. And part of that is really tough. Like, you can almost be a bit ungrateful for it, for, for what you're experiencing. You know, like Geelong goes through, you know, a rough patch when they lose three games in a row and you've got North fans going, my God, we've lost 15 in a row. You've got <laughs> Essendon fans going, like, we've beaten you guys like three times in 25 games or whatever it might be. Like, you can get a bit ungrateful, but the, the thing that I think the luxury of it you is, like, for me, we get to approach this stuff totally different <laughs> to, any, to, to any club. We we get to approach yep. finals and the hunt for finals differently 
because we've got the luxury of kind of having been there and done it so often and we're aware that it can go so well we're aware that it can go so badly and so I don't know. I'm just excited about the month coming up. The fact that it's all tough opposition. The fact that we go Brisbane, Collingwood, Port, who what three of the top four teams. Mm. Bring it on. Like it, it is such a good opportunity. We're playing a different sport. It's like we're we're the seasoned vet that's like, sweet, bring me all of those teams that think they're the Batter best. Up. And if if we're not good enough, we'll soon find out. But I I'm excited a, about the opportunity. To summon up work, um, talking about the fixtures coming up, going, well, you know, rather an absolute tough, tough fixture playing the top teams, comparing yourself against these top teams going into finals. Go, no, 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 you sort of want to, like, walk in the park, touch it towards the finals, you know, get those wins in, rest some players. No, 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 so you don't want that. Because then you just go to the finals going, look how me, look how, look how good I am. Yeah. Look how good we smashed these teams. But it's like, I want to go in beating these teams already in the, in these next next five games, beat everyone, and then go into the finals going, we beat you not long ago. What, what have you got now? What have you got? You know, get mm. that tough finals-like footy in, because that's what it's going to be like these next five matches. They're going to be tough. They're going to be finals like and you know what if that's what it's going to be that's perfect because we've got young guys that haven't that may have not played finals yet and this is going to be their training for finals especially against the pies that's going to be finals like and if we can get the pies done at the mcg in another fever pitch atmosphere let's let's get lines out of the way at the gabba first yeah <laughs> that's I, I, I just think if we're if we're not good enough that's fine that's fine mm. like I, I would prefer to make final for, i would prefer to not make finals this year with the schedule we've got than to say i can wave a magic wand and get west coast mm. north again mm. you, you know all these teams below us i no, give me the, give me the tough teams. If we're not good enough, we're not good enough. We'll, we'll reload next year. Yeah, I'm not going to be. I agree. I'll be a little bit disappointed if we don't make finals, but it's, I'm not going to be like, oh my god, what a waste! It's, I'm going to be like, it's not yeah, a waste. Of course, this has been a yeah, sensational cool. year for development for these young guys. Um, this, yeah, it's going to be no matter what. I'm going to be pretty happy with the year, and if we do get that last day in September. I'll be ecstatic again, but I don't think I'm going to be, you know, bitterly, bitterly disappointed in the Cats if they don't make the finals because we've, we've seen them, we've watched them, we've analysed them go through this year and seen what they've been able to achieve and what they've been building through. And worst case scenario is this is a rebuilding year for the Cats in a way, the way they've brought in these think- new young faces. Think about some of the wins that we we can look back on, like the win over Melbourne, no Dangerfield, no Cameron, um, no Guthrie. Stanley. We didn't have Stanley, did we, against the Dodgers? No, Stanley was playing. He was playing. Stanley. Yeah. 
There was a number of players though for the Cats that were like we we were without, and you know to to beat them in a close contested game, and then you know the win against the Dogs at Marvel again mm. without a bunch of players with a really makeshift midfield. There's games all over this season where it's just like it's impressive and it's building blocks to what comes next. So we'll see uh, what happens over the next couple of months and, and beyond to, to what we can get done in 2023. Let's do some votes chaps. Let's do it. Let's do some vote. And then we'll get into uh, the Patreon player focus for our Patreon subscribers. Um, I found this really tough. Yeah, I thought this was a really tough game. Having said that, I'm going to go one vote to Tom Hawkins. I I think five goals, three, eight marks, sixteen disposals. Like once he got that radar on, much like the the first game against Essendon, just thought it was pretty vintage hockey and. Vintage Hawkey is one of the best forwards of the 21st century. So I'm going to give one vote to Hawkins. Um, I will give my two votes. This is actually kind of the hardest one for me because there's a, there were a number of players, which sounds ridiculous because you'd think that one of them would have got the one vote. But um, I'm going to give my two votes to Zach Guthrie, actually. I'm going to give my nice. two votes to Zach Guthrie. And I'm going to give my three to Tom Atkins, who we're going to talk about. But 28 disposals, 12 ma- uh, twelve tackles, nine clearances, which is his career high, uh, 33 pressure acts. And I know this isn't a massive thing, but 122 AFL fantasy points. I believe it's the second week in a row where he's set his personal best in AFL mm. fantasy points. And for a player like Atkins, who's kind of meat and potatoes and, you know, not necessarily the flashiest numbers player. His last couple of weeks have been crazy. He's had like 54 Mm. disposals. He's had 26 tackles, 16 clearances, 60-odd pressure act. He's been immense the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm going one Hawkins, two Zach Guthrie, three Tom Atkins. What about you, Johnny? I'm going one vote to Jack Henry. I really enjoyed that first quarter by him. I thought he set the standard for the defense early, especially the structure, the way they have the structure up around him. And just those marks, just not letting any high ball get past him or defender get past him. It was really, really fantastic. And as soon as I saw him take that first mark inside defense, I was like, the cats are on. We're on. Bomber's got no chance. Um, Two votes into Max Holmes. Just a really thought that was a sensational game by game by Max Holmes. Thirty-three disposals or something, and just felt like he was everywhere. He was involved in every part of the game, every score involvement. He he was either around or part of the chain to link up to the next mm-hmm. guy, and using his speed, his skill, and he looked super happy. I don't know. He just looked like he was having an absolute blast out there. I guess when you've been in a team that easily, you're going to have a lot of fun. And my three votes is going to Tom Atkins as well. Just 
He's just been sensational. We never really touched on AFL fantasy points, but you mentioned it, Jake, and I was planning to mention it as well. Just to say that I, I feel very generic because my vote is following the <laughs> AFL fantasy points <laughs> unintentionally, but my my th- my one vote goes to Max Holmes, uh, my two votes to Tom Hawkins, and my three votes to Tom Atkins. Um, nice. I don't really need to, to add much else. I will just say I, I think I messaged you in the group about Tom Hawkins when he took one particular mark. I think like you know I think of all all the aspects of his game his marking was really on and it's been on in general this season. Just so just, just next level the way he can use, use his body. You know, sometimes I think in the past I've talked about it, like, you know, defenders crashing against him, like a, like a wave and mm. against Essendon, there was a couple of times there where he just outbodied someone and it really wasn't like a, a wave. It was just like a, a small moist towelette just like <laughs> flung against a rocky promontory and just <laughs> just <laughs> stuck there and then then peeled off and disappeared in the in the wind <laughs> there was one time it just didn't look like you know you, you think about being in a marking tackle and having uh, uh, in a marking contest and having to throw your body weight around it doesn't even look like hawkins it didn't even look like he was throwing his weight around like it didn't look like he even knew there was another human being there pushing against him it was <laughs> It was, it was, it was phenomenal. It was just, uh, it was just like it's like the most, uh, inaggressive beast mode where he's, he's just, he's mm. just not even doesn't even look like he's trying sometimes, and he's just mm. ragdolling people. I'm just gonna give quick honorable mention to Mark Blixarves, mm-hmm. who had nearly 30 pressure acts, two goals, 19 disposals. I think he had 14 disposals and a goal in the first half. Um, just continues to be absolutely dynamic um also Lionel messi yeah. i thought yeah especially his first like, half him kicking a goal the first goal like it you couldn't have scripted the Get whole better. thing any better so yeah just a couple of players i thought were really good but probably just didn't quite crack my votes and as we've talked about there's an absolute Ton of players on the field that probably could have snuck in there. So, yeah. Isaac Smith as well, always a, a sneaky performer. Mm. Like, in some ways, it's good that he uh, he got the honours on the um, on grand final day because he's a guy that never gets in the vote. So it's good that he got that one big one and then we don't have to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was second on metres gained um, for the, for the, on the ground. Um, yeah, 558 right. metres gained. Off 22 disposals. So Max Holmes was 659, but off 33. So off only 22 disposals, yeah. Isaac Smith was mm. was only was only 100 meters behind him. And um, who's the other one? I just saw someone came to. Oh well, even even like Tyson Stengel, three goals straight from 15 disposals, few marks, few tackles. Like I think he's really, I think eight goals in two weeks or something. Um, yeah. You can just really look all over the ground and find good players, which is a beautiful thing to see at this time of the year. So that is the conclusion of the free part of the recap show. If you would like to come on over to the Patreon and hear us chat about Tom Atkins in a little more depth uh, for the next 15 or so minutes, you can do that by subscribing to the Chap Chat Cats on Patreon. It's $3.50 US per month extended podcast video versions of the show as well as vfl coverage so you can do that 
But thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Until next time, go Cats! Go Cats! Go cats.